President Trump goes to Miami court for arraignment, then vows revenge against the Biden clan. The Biden administration tut-tuts a transgender influencer who flashed his fake breasts on the White House lawn, and Bud Light loses its number one market status. I'm Ben Shapiro. This is The Ben Shapiro Show. Today's show is sponsored by ExpressVPN. Do you like your web history being seen and sold to advertisers? No, me neither. Get ExpressVPN right now at expressvpn.com slash Ben. And one of the most shocking moments in American history, President Trump showed up in Miami yesterday to plead not guilty in his arraignment. He's been arraigned on 37 charges, a 37 count indictment surrounding the mishandling of classified material, obstruction of justice, and other behaviors surrounding his handling of classified documents. According to the Wall Street Journal, he lashed out at federal prosecutors and portrayed himself as a victim of political persecution hours after pleading not guilty in a Miami court to charges that he illegally retained and shared classified national security documents after leaving the White House. He said this day will go down in infamy. Of course, we went through the details of the indictment just the other day. The indictment does have some descriptions of activities that very likely transgress on the law if he actually is proved to have done those things. That leaves aside the question as to whether it is correct for the Biden DOJ to prosecute its chief political opposition. Again, two separate questions. There's the legal question as to what Trump did and did it violate the law? Because under that standard, Hillary Clinton also violated the law. And then there's the question of, is it good for the Biden DOJ? And it is the Biden DOJ, as I mentioned yesterday on the show. The simple fact of the matter is that the that Jack Smith, the special counsel, it's not his fault that he's moving forward with a case that seems pretty clear cut to him. The real question here is why the attorney general of the United States, Merrick Garland, who is a political appointee who works for the president of the United States, Joe Biden, is moving forward with this case, given all of the, uh, of the political baggage that is arranged around this case. This is the first time in American history that you have a former president and current presidential frontrunner who is being actively politically prosecuted by the people in the opposing party. Trump is fundraising off of this. He's actually implying that he could receive a maximum sentence of 400 years in prison. He's just saying that in his fundraising letter. So there's the absolute possibility that he could die in prison if he were convicted of these charges, which is, an, again, an amazing thing to talk about. But that is where we are. Trump put out a letter saying, I honestly cannot believe I just typed those words to you. It sounds like something Stalin or Mao did to eliminate their opposition. Instead, it's happening here in America. Communism has finally come to our shores. And as always, two things can be true at once. One is that Trump may very well have committed the offenses for which he is indicted. And two is that we have never before in American history had a situation in which the current administration is prosecuting the former president who is the current political opposition. This has never before happened in American history. It's an extraordinarily ugly precedent. And to do so on the basis of mishandling of classified information, even if it's egregious, is insane and violates a precedent that is not going to be put back in the bottle. And this is where we are right now. Again, James Comey went out of his way in 2016 to say we're not going to prosecute Hillary Clinton because she's an active presidential candidate. And we are not going to involve ourselves in this election. And here you have the DOJ under the current president of the United States who just defeated Donald Trump in an election and presumably might have to run against him again, having Donald Trump indicted. It is indeed that simple. That, that is where we are right now. Apparently, Trump went into court. There were no cameras present because of all of the hubbub surrounding this. There was no mugshot. There was a lot of speculation as to whether there would be a mugshot. He got fingerprinted yesterday. And, uh, and then he sort of did a political tour. So after he left, he went over to Cafe Versailles, which is a very hot political spot here in South Florida, sort of the center of Cuban life down here. It's a, it's a great cafe, by the way. They make an amazing cafecito. It's terrific. Trump goes there and he's hanging out and his, his supporters are singing happy birthday to him. So again, there's the legal issue and then there's the political issue. And the fact that Trump is milking this for political gain or that people are resonating to his call, that's not a particular shock. Here are 
his supporters singing happy birthday at Cafe Versailles yesterday to him. Again, this is one of the most controversial prosecutions in American history, probably the most controversial prosecution itself in American history that we're watching happening in, in real time. What is inexcusable from Trump here is the fact that he knew that they were gunning for him and he did this stuff anyway, right? That's the part that's inexcusable. You totally understand that there are two things, as always, true at once. He is being politically prosecuted here. If Hillary Clinton were in a similar position, she would not be because she wasn't. If Joe Biden were in a similar position, he would not be prosecuted. Donald Trump is being prosecuted for that. Also, Trump knowing that they were coming after him and then specifically engaging in behaviors that made him more vulnerable to political prosecution. I don't know why he would do that. That's just bad judgment. But put that aside for a second. You can see the partisan lines being drawn here. Right? While these supporters are singing happy birthday to Trump and the cameras were on him all day yesterday from the time that he left Trump Doral, which is his resort down here. One of them, he has Mar-a-Lago and then he also has Trump Doral. That's the one that's closer to Miami. From the time he left Trump Doral yesterday, the cameras were on his motorcade all the way to the courthouse and they were on the courthouse until he left and he went to Cafe Versailles. And you can see the media are just going to essentially convict him before the actual evidence is heard. Jake Tapper was watching this happen. He's like, cut away. We can't have any footage of Donald Trump actually actually being sung to at a restaurant. Why? I, really, why? I, I, I don't understand. If you're a news organization, it is news. You don't have to love Trump to recognize that the former president of the United States, what he does the day that he is arraigned in federal court makes a big difference. You wonder why the right resonates to Trump. Part of the reason is in reaction to a media that seems firmly convinced that the best thing they can do is shut down anything that Trump says and does. And here is Jake Tapper saying, no, 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 we're not going to have any of this footage of him being uh, people singing happy birthday to him. What? Let's remember what this case is about. Let's remember what this indictment charges. Again, Donald Trump is charged with a series of federal felonies for mishandling the most sensitive government documents that we have and for obstruction of justice, along with Walt Nauta, who is charged with intentionally setting up lies to the grand jury, to the FBI. Any way you look at this, and again, despite whatever may be going on in that restaurant, this case isn't going to be settled legally in a cafe. It's going to be settled in the court based on the, the facts and law. The folks in the control room, I don't need to see any more of that. He, this, he's trying to turn this in. He's trying to turn it into a spectacle, into a campaign ad. That's enough of that. Okay, I don't understand even why that's necessary. I mean, like, but again, for the media, that's the whole point, is that if this were a Democrat, obviously they could campaign on that basis. If it's Trump, he can't. It is that sort of oppositionality that is leading to the reactivity of the right saying, well, hold up a second. We can all see what you guys are doing. Trump responded directly to Tapper, as you would imagine. He did so on Truth Social. He said, fake Tapper just demanded that his broadcast be closed down from Miami because there was far too much enthusiasm on the streets for Trump. The good news is he was the only one to do so. Perhaps a good explanation as to why CNN's ratings are so low. Again, this is the battle that Trump actually wants. The battle, the political battle, I think Trump has the upper hand with regard to sort of the narrative that he is, that he is being hit unfairly and that he has been targeted unfairly since he came down the golden escalator. That, that part's true. That is not going to answer the question as to what actually happens inside the courtroom. We'll get to that in just one moment. First. Congress has now been spending more money than any time in American history. They raised the debt ceiling again, which means they'll spend even more money at a certain point when all the bills come due. There are only a few things that can happen. One is that the American government can raise taxes dramatically, stagnating the economy. 
The other thing they can do is they can inflate the currency. The second is significantly more likely than the first because no administration wants to take credit for actually sinking the economy, which is just one reason you should be diversified into precious metals. Times like these are a great reminder to diversify a portion of your savings into gold. You can do that with the help of Birch Gold. They're who I buy my gold from. So do thousands of other concerned savers. As Brazil, Russia, India, China, South Africa band together the BRICS nations to move away from American currency, the way they are doing that is by reinvesting in precious metals. Text Ben to 989898. Get your free info kit on gold today. There's no obligation, just information. Birch Gold has an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau and thousands of happy customers. Take action today. Text Ben to 989898 to get started again. Text Ben to 989898 and think about taking at least some of your money and diversifying into an asset that has never been worth zero, gold. Check out Birch Gold today. We'll get to more on this in just one moment. First, let's be real. French fries, they're the only good vegetable. But- Unfortunately, they're not healthy. They're bad for you. Well, balance of nature, fruits and veggies are the most convenient way to get whole food ingredients every day, like the actual vegetables that they count toward you know, what you should be eating. Balance of nature uses an advanced cold vacuum process that encapsulates fruits and veggies into whole food supplements without sacrificing those natural antioxidants. The capsules are completely void of additives, fillers, extracts, synthetics, pesticides, or added sugar. The only thing in balance of nature's fruit and veggie capsules are, you know, like the fruits and the veggies. Right now, my listeners can get 35% off their first order, and they'll also get a free fiber and spice supplement. Balance of Nature's Fiber and Spice Supplement is a revolutionary fiber drink with a unique blend of 12 spices and whole foods. I'm flying pretty much constantly for the last few months. Gotta tell you, I really rely on Balance of Nature. There's never been an easier way to make sure you're getting your daily dose of fruits and veggies. Experience Balance of Nature for yourself today. Go to balanceofnature.com, use promo code Shapiro for 35% off your first order as a preferred customer, plus get a free bottle of fiber and spice. That's balanceofnature.com, promo code Shapiro for 35% off that first preferred order, plus that free bottle of fiber and spice. Okay, so yesterday when Trump actually went into the courthouse, he came face to face with the special counsel, Jack Smith, who he has been ripping as a thug. Smith was originally appointed by Merrick Garland to lead the investigation into the documents. Apparently, they were both rather grumpy with one another. Smith is not the one who's actually trying the case. It's a guy named Jay Bratt who leads the DOJ's counterintelligence division. He's the person who's the sole lead attorney in this case. Smith showing up face-to-face is something that Robert Mueller never did when he was going after Donald Trump. So there was this sort of dramatic moment where they faced off in court. Again, there are no pictures of it. But Trump then posted, quote, this is the thug overturned consistently and unanimously in big cases that Biden and his corrupt injustice department stuck on me. He's a radical right lunatic and Trump hater, as are all his friends and family who probably planted information in the boxes given to them. So, I mean, that's a hell of an allegation is that they actually planted the information in the boxes. Is that going to be justified by further evidence? I have serious doubts. He's a radical right lunatic. So he's too far right. Again, these are not uh, this is not the winner for, for Trump. The winner for Trump is, why is Joe Biden bringing this prosecution? That is the political winner for Trump here. As far as the speed with which this trial takes place, Jack Smith has been saying that he wants this thing to happen fast, but all of these cases drag. I mean, they really drag. So we could be well into 2024 before this thing even hits a courtroom again. Stephanie Siegman, former chief of the National Security Unit of the U.S. Attorney's Office in Boston, said, quote, in every case I had involving classified information, we never had a speedy trial. Siegman says this case will be designated complex because it involves classified information. So it could easily take months and months and months for this thing even to roll into trial at this point. So Trump left court. The first thing he did is he declared that he was being politically prosecuted. Again, this is going to be his political case. It's not going to bear any weight inside the actual courtroom. But as we've pointed out, even if he's convicted in a courtroom, even if he goes to jail, that does not bar him from being on the ballot. So the political case matters an awful lot. There's every possibility that Donald Trump could win the Republican nomination and then be in jail at the time that the actual election takes place. 
I should point out here, there's nothing illegal about you voting for Donald Trump at that point. Donald Trump is on the ballot. The only qualifications to be president of the United States is you must be 35 years of age and you have to be a natural born American citizen. That's it. Those are the only qualifications. Eugene V. Debs, actually, back in the early 20th century, ran for president while he was sitting in jail for being a socialist. So you, you certainly could do it. And I, I have to admit that the spectacle of voting for Trump and then Trump winning and then being sworn in from his jail cell and then pardoning himself, I, Donald J. Trump, pardon Donald J. Trump. I mean, just on a pure humor level, that is, that is some pretty amazing stuff. And since we live in God's alternative timeline, I wouldn't put my money against something like that happening. But Trump left the court. He says, I'm not guilty. Here was Trump's response immediately. Okay, so Corinne Jean-Pierre, for her part over at the White House, she's denying that Biden had anything to do with the investigation, suggesting the DOJ is independent. No one believes this. No one believes the DOJ is truly independent because it isn't. You didn't believe it when Trump was president and you don't believe it when Biden is president. It, it is Joe Biden's DOJ. Joe Biden runs it. Merrick Garland runs it. They're the ones who have to decide whether the prosecution takes place. They can get the, they can get the recommendation and then turn it down. They have every ability to do that. By the way, on a, on a pure political level for the United States, that would have been the smart move for Biden. Right? Well, imagine for a second, Jack Smith had come out. He said, listen, here's all the information against Donald Trump. I recommend indictment. And Merrick Garland and Joe Biden said, listen, we have an election, we have an election season. He's my chief political opposition. In this country, we don't arrest our chief political opposition, even if we think that there's a high possibility that he violated the law because the American people have to have their say. Imagine if, if Biden had done that. He, cer he certainly could have. It would have been a major political victory for him, but he can't. He can't. So instead, he's going to create and allow the narrative that he himself has signed off on the arrest of his chief political opposition. Here's Karine Jean-Pierre yesterday pretending that he had clean hands in this, which, again, he does not. The president's opponents have accused him of weaponizing the DOJ. So just to be clear, can you say categorically that President Biden was not involved or influenced at all any of the decisions into indicting President Not Biden? at all. He was not involved. This is, the president has been very, very clear. The Department of Justice is independent. He wants to restore the independence of, uh, of the Department of Justice. And that's what you've seen. Yeah, they, they look like a real independent Department of Justice, which is presumably why Merrick Garland has been going after every police force in the nation and cramming down on parents a bunch of garbage about how they may be part of some sort of group worth investigating. And Merrick Garland, the fully independent, nonpartisan hack over at the DOJ. I, I, I truly believe that. Okay, in one second, we'll get to the media response to all this again. Uh, from a political level, the media response to Trump is going to drive him up in the polls because the media are just so terrible at this. We'll get to that momentarily first. You need life insurance. It's the responsible thing to do. If you have dependents, God forbid something happens to you, you got to make sure that your family is taken care of. I have a lot of life insurance. My wife has life insurance. My business partners have life insurance. And you should have life insurance as well. You might think you have enough life insurance through your, through your place of work. You don't, especially because if you have to move jobs, 
that probably goes away. You need independent life insurance. Head on over to Policy Genius right now. With Policy Genius, you can find life insurance policies starting at just 25 bucks per month for a million dollars in coverage. Some options offer coverage in as little as a week and avoid those unnecessary medical exams. Policy Genius is licensed agents that work for you, not the insurance companies, which means they don't have an incentive to recommend one insurer over another so you can trust their guidance. There are no added fees. Your personal information remains private. Your loved ones deserve that financial safety net. You deserve a smarter way to find and buy it. Head over to policygenius.com slash Shapiro or click that link in the description. Get your free life insurance quotes. See how much you could save. That's policygenius.com slash Shapiro. Again, policygenius.com slash Shapiro. You need the life insurance that your family is taken care of. Do the smart thing. Head on over to policygenius.com slash Shapiro and get your free life insurance quotes. See how much you could save today. Okay, so all this is going down. And just like Jake Tapper, the rest of the media are also, you know, obviously in the tank on this. Rachel Maddow over on MSNBC, uh, she refused to cover the Trump rally last night. So Trump had a big rally last night at which he talked about all this. Again, is this just baseline newsworthy? Of course it's baseline newsworthy. Whether you love Trump or whether you hate Trump, it is newsworthy when the former president, who is currently under indictment, it was just arraigned, holds a rally where he talks about the newsworthy thing. But Rachel Maddow's like, no, nope, we're not even going to expose you to the, to the evil vitriol of President Trump. MSNBC is just too far above all of it. We knew heading into this that he was planning to make these remarks. We are prepared for his pre-fundraiser remarks tonight to again be essentially a Trump campaign speech. Because of that, we do not intend to carry these remarks live. Um, as we have said before in these circumstances, there is a cost to us as a news organization to knowingly broadcast untrue things. We are here to bring you the news. It hurts our ability to do that if we live broadcast what we fully expect in advance to be a litany of lies and false accusations, no matter who says them. These people are a joke. I'm sorry, they're a joke. This is the reason why Trump has credibility. It's because of you. You guys are a joke. You're a sick joke. Oh my gosh, it hurts our credibility to broadcast things we know are untrue. How about five years of Trump Russia? How about endless speculation about Trump being a cat's paw of Vladimir Putin? You know, that's not true. That doesn't stop you from broadcasting every single shred of it. It's just amazing stuff from MSNBC. And this is the reason why, again, when Trump says my political opponents are after me, he is not wrong about that. Again, when it comes to the actual charges, he could have done all the things alleged and still he can be right that his political opposition is out to get him. So yesterday at his rally, Trump rolled out a couple of forms of defense. And then he uh, and then he talked about what he intends to do next. And that part's interesting. So he started off with his sort of quasi defense. Quasi defense. Number one is that he didn't know what was in the boxes when he took them. He said, under the Presidential Records Act, I had the ability to declassify everything. And I took the boxes and I didn't know what was in the boxes. So number one, he himself says on tape that I mean, they have him on tape, apparently. And we'll find out if this is true in court or it's been selectively edited. But Presumably, if the indictment is correct, he actively said that he had the power to declassify certain documents and he did not declassify them. So the Presidential Records Act, which is a civil act and not a criminal act, doesn't actually apply in this particular case. And then he says he didn't know what was in the boxes, which may well have been true when he took the boxes. Obviously, this happens with politicians all the time. They take boxes home. There's a bunch of stuff in them. They don't know what's in the boxes. But again, the indictment says that he went through the boxes personally, many of them. And then he tried to hide particular boxes of documents from his own lawyers. So him saying it now is you know, not particularly helpful. Here, here was Trump's defense, number one. I didn't know what was in the boxes. I wonder who it might have been. Dumped one of the very neatly arranged boxes all over the floor. They were full of newspapers, press clippings, thousands of pictures, thousands and thousands of White House pictures. The White House photographers, some are with us today. They took so many pictures and we saved all of them and they were in those boxes. 
clothing, memorabilia, and much, much more. I hadn't had a chance to go through all the boxes. It's a long, tedious job. It takes a long time, which I was prepared to do, but I have a very busy life. I've had a very busy life. They make it more busy because you're always fighting. Okay, so here's the problem. That, that may work politically. Again, he, I, I, I would have assumed that, except for the details in the indictment where it specifically says that he had, I mean, we have texts from Walt Mata, his aide, to other Trump employees, including Trump lawyers, talking about bringing boxes directly to Trump so Trump could personally go through the boxes. And then you have texts between Walt Mata and other people saying that certain boxes should be put aside and others handed to the lawyers. And that, that's why this case is a problem for Trump. Then he suggested that whatever Trump documents the president takes, he actually has a right to take. That is not true. So here's President Trump making this defense. Under the statute, this responsibility is left solely to the president of the United States. Think of that. That's the decision. Think of that. Now, just think of that. In other words, whatever documents a president decides to take with him, he has the right to do so. It's an absolute right. This is the law. Okay, that, that's not true. The president has the right to declassify anything he wants to do while he is president. He does not have the right to take whatever documents, including classified documents he wants from the White House and then later declassify them. He's not the president anymore, right? So again, these are not gonna be good legal arguments, but the argument that like, this is too complicated for people and Joe Biden just wants me not to run, that argument I think is going to be pretty telling. Trump then went after Jack Smith. We'll get to that momentarily. First, let's talk about my dog. Okay, so our dog, Happy, he's a wonderful dog. He's very, very cute. Yesterday, he was home. He was running around the yard, having a good time. I thought to myself, I'm glad that we give him rough greens every morning so that he is healthy and happy. The dog food that you've been giving to your dog, not great. You need to boost it with rough greens. You don't have to go out and buy new dog food. Just sprinkle rough greens on their food every day. It contains all the necessary vitamins and minerals your dog is not getting from the regular dog food. Happy loves his rough greens. It is making him happy and healthy. Rough greens is the only supplement your dog will ask for by name. Rough greens, you get it? It's a joke, it's a joke. Well, naturopathic doctor Dennis Black, the founder of Rough Greens, is so confident this product will improve your dog's health. He is offering my listeners a free jumpstart trial bag. Go to freeroughgreens.com slash Ben. Let Rough Greens bring your dog's food back to life. That's free, R-U-F-F-Greens.com slash Ben today. Or call 833-MY-DOG-33. That is 833-MY-DOG-33 to try Rough Greens today. Again, go to freeroughgreens.com slash Ben. That's free, R-U-F-F-Greens.com slash Ben. Or call 833-MY-DOG-33. That's 833-MY-DOG-33 today. We'll get to more on this in just one second. First, you may have noticed we're experiencing a ton of global instability as primary season continues. How are you protecting your family in the midst of all of this chaos and nonsense? The fact is there is one asset that has withstood famine, war, political and economic upheaval, dating all the way back to biblical times. That, of course, would be gold. It's not too late to diversify an old IRA or 401k into gold. Birch Gold Group can help you with that. Birch Gold can help you create a well-thought-out, balanced investment strategy. They'll help you convert an existing IRA or 401k into an IRA in gold without paying a penny out of pocket. Diversify into gold today. Just text Ben to 989898 for a free info kit. With an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau, countless five-star reviews, thousands of happy customers, I encourage you to check out Birch Gold today. Text Ben to 989898. Claim your free info kit. Protect your savings with gold. Smart investors diversify. And when you look at the pace of inflation over the past several years, you can see financial instability is the new way of the world. Text Ben to 989898 to get started with Birch Gold today. Text Ben to 989898 and talk to my friends over at Birch Gold. Okay, so when President Trump went on in this rally yesterday to rip on Jack Smith, who's the special counsel, here's what he had to say. 
It's no wonder this raging lunatic was shipped off to The Hague to prosecute war criminals using globalist tribunals, not beholden to the Constitution or the rule of law. Two things Jack Smith clearly disdains. You take a look at this guy. He looks like a thug. But then I watched him make a speech the other day, and he was trembling because it wasn't his territory. He feels much safer in the inner sanctums of the Department of Injustice where he can be in his room and scream at people. Okay. (laughs) Is that going to truck a lot of weight inside the courtroom? We have to separate the two. I'm going to keep separating the two. I understand there are a lot of people on the right who don't want to separate the two. They want to conflate them, and then they want to suggest that because Trump is being politically persecuted, true, this means there's no legal case against him. False. Okay, that is not the same thing. And there are a bunch of people on the left who want to suggest the opposite, that because there may be legal credibility to the charges, true, this means that he's not being politically persecuted. False, right? Those are two separate questions. And they have two separate ramifications. One is that he may very well get convicted on these charges. And the second is that he may very well be a fully durable nominee for the presidency of the United States, despite all of that, or maybe because of all of that, because there are a lot of Republicans who are responding to this by saying, if they're after him, that means that we should support him. Now, again, I don't think that's good logic. And I'll explain why I don't think that's good logic in a second. But Trump also is vowing now that he's going to prosecute Biden. And this is the can of worms that the Democrats have opened. Joe Biden opened this can of worms. Once you Say this for Trump. When Trump took office in 2017, he did not lock Hillary Clinton up. He did not direct his DOJ to lock Hillary Clinton up, even though, again, those charges were very much on the table. He didn't do it. I assume the reason he didn't do it is because he went to his attorney general. At that point, it was Jeff Sessions. And he said to him, should we do it or should we not? And Jeff Sessions probably said to him, you know, it's a really, really bad idea in America to prosecute your chief political opposition. I assume that's a conversation that happened because Trump talked throughout the campaign about the possibility of locking up Hillary. People were literally chanting it. Joe Biden has now broken the seal. Once the seal is broken, it cannot be unbroken. So here is Donald Trump vowing to prosecute the Biden family. And guess what? This will happen. Sooner or later, someone from the Biden family will be prosecuted by a Republican in position of power. Here's Donald Trump. This was an unwritten rule. You just don't. Unless it's really bad. But you just don't. But the seal is now broken. In addition to closing the border and removing all of the criminal elements that have illegally invaded our country, making America energy independent and even dominant again, and immediately ending the war between Russia and Ukraine. I'll have it ended in 24 hours. I will appoint a real special prosecutor to go after the most corrupt president in the history of the United States of America, Joe Biden, and the entire Biden crime family. Again, this is what is going to be on the ballot now from here to the end of time, apparently. Now that this has happened, every time you vote, you have to decide whether you want somebody to go to jail from the opposition party. That's what this is going to be. That's a dangerous place to be. Brazil is doing that now. Lula wants to jail Bolsonaro. If Bolsonaro gets into power, maybe he jails Lula, right? No one knows. That's a dangerous place for any democracy to be. Joe Biden broke that seal. It's egregious. Once you break that seal, it cannot be unbroken anymore. Now, does this mean that Republicans should nominate Donald Trump for the presidency? Again, I understand the emotional appeal of they're going after him. The best way to protect him is to nominate him, which may or may not be true because, again, if he loses, it doesn't really help very much. And the question is whether this is going to have a salutary impact on his candidacy. The reason I say that the logic here is not particularly good is twofold. One, Donald Trump is a person who steps into bear traps. To be smart about how you do politics is a quality that you look for in a successful politician. When you know, again, this is the thing about what Trump did with the classified documents I can't wrap my head around, really. 
when you know that they are gunning for you, when you know, as is true, Donald Trump is right, that they were gunning for him full time. They literally spent tens of millions of dollars and years on end gunning for him over Trump Russia stuff that was garbage. When you know that's the case, wouldn't you be like 10 times more careful? Wouldn't you try to avoid that so that you could be the best possible weapon against their ideology? Or would you go to a bunch of silly nonsense with regard to documents that you don't need? Which would you do? And Trump, because he's very blithe about everything, he just goes and he does the latter. Is that the methodology that you want in the presidency? That's a serious question. Is that someone who's going to methodically, day by day, go through and clear out the executive department of all of the, all of the dreck in there? Is that somebody who's, who's got any methodology to his madness at all? That's question number one. And then there's question number two, which is, do you think that he is likely to be elected on the basis of this? Because I promise you, now that he has been indicted and arraigned, and now that this case is probably going to drag on through the election, by the way, this won't be the only case. I assume that there will be indictment forthcoming in Georgia also with regard to alleged election interference and all the rest of it. I assume this is not the end of the charges. I assume there will be more coming for Trump on a variety of fronts. Most of it trumped up, I would assume. But if that's the topic of the election, do you think Trump wins the election or do you think Trump loses the election? Because here's the thing. Joe Biden is, in fact, a target-rich environment. Joe Biden is running an extraordinarily radical, radical administration. Despite his image as a doddering old man who's unthreatening, Joe Biden is a deeply threatening president of the United States. His administration is malevolent, and that's particularly true on social issues. He is going after children. He's going after families. The topic of the day, the thing I should be talking about at the top of the show today should not be Donald Trump in front of a court. The thing I should be talking about to lead the show today should be the predations of the Biden administration, which get worse and worse day by day. And here's the thing. If people are not talking about that and they're talking about Trump, who do you think skates? Joe Biden's entire electoral strategy in 2020 was, I will hide in my basement and you will talk about Trump. And that worked. And that is his strategy, again, as the sitting president of the United States. He will hide in his basement and he will assume that you will talk about Trump. And Trump loves talking about Trump. So Trump will talk about Trump. Is that a good electoral strategy? Again, I'm not asking about your emotional resonance to Trump. I get it. I do. What I'm asking about is who is most likely to win? The person who is focusing fire on Joe Biden, not for his own personal defense, but because Joe Biden is a very bad president. Or the person who is spending all day talking about how Jack Smith is a thug and and how his documents were perfect and all the rest of that. Like, what is more likely to win? When the issue is the Republican, the Republican loses. When the issue is the Democrat, the Democrat loses. Who is more likely as a candidate to make the issue the Democrat, Donald Trump or anyone else? And the answer right now is clearly not Donald Trump. The reason I say this is because the issue of the day, the thing that we really should be focused on, the thing I would have led the show with on any other normal day, you can't lead the show with it because you know the former president of the United States was in court yesterday being arraigned. But the thing I should be leading today with is this story. The White House is pushing full scale the indoctrination of children. They're pushing the idea that your child is theirs to play with. This is the thing that they are pushing today. This all broke into the open over the last 48 hours because there was this insane video of a transgender man named Rose Montoya, Rosalind Montoya, who is, in fact, a dude who had a bunch of surgeries, like had a a boob surgery and had some some surgeries to shave down the trachea and had some jaw shaving surgeries and all the rest of this sort of stuff, was invited to the White House. Why was this man invited to the White House? By the way, Rose Montoya, for what it's worth, still has intact twig and berries. So full set of fake boobs and twig and berries is, is Rose Montoya plus some other surgeries. Rose Montoya was invited to the White House. Why? The reason Rose Montoya was invited to the White House is because just a few months ago, back in March of 2021, Rose Montoya made national news. Why? Because he went through a scanner at the TSA. And going through the TSA scanner, 
the TSA scanner saw the twig and berries because, quote, I always have an anomaly between my legs that sets off the alarm because, you know, he's a dude and has eight balls. So the TSA noticed this. And um, Montoya told the TSA about this. And then after the second time, finally, he said, oh, yeah, by the way, I'm trans. And the agent used the male body scanner, which still went off because it turns out that the the male scanner is looking for, you know, men who don't have breasts. And the female scanner is, you know, looking for women who don't have a d- So Rose Montoya was stuck in the in-between. And Montoya said, she was like, okay, we have to pat you down. Do you want a man to do it? I said, no, absolutely not. Okay, so that was a national news story, which is just an attempt to gain attention because this is an attention-seeking person, obviously. How do we know this is an attention-seeking person? Well, proof positive. Rose Montoya invited to the White House as one of our American heroes slash victims and uh, proceeds to unrobe his fake boobs and jiggle them around next to another trans man who is a woman who cut out her breast tissue and then took some hormones to grow hair on on her chest. Uh, And uh, and here's what it looked like. Welcome to the White House. Thank you. (laughs) Happy Pride Month. Happy Pride Year. Happy Pride Life. Yeah. Transgender children. You are beautiful. You are heard. You belong. You're understood. You are loved. And you belong. Some of the bravest, the most inspiring people I've ever known. And I mean, you're welcome. It's all from Rose Montoya's video. Can we take a little video? Hi, Mr. President. There's Rose Montoya, a dude, meeting Jill and Joe Biden. There's Joe taking a selfie with Rose Montoya, a dude. There is Rose dancing, and uh, and soon we will have this man disrobe his breasts. There's Jazz Jennings, another person who's been mutilated. And there is uh, Rose Montoya, top full down, jiggling his breasts. Now, we are supposed to believe that this is a shock to the White House staff. Um, I have a question. Was that invisible to everyone at the White House? I mean, that, that's that's solidly a large number of seconds in which you have a bunch of people who have disrobed waist up and are jiggling their um, chest. So there is that. So this became a, a national news story. And this prompted Rose Montoya to respond on the TikToks. So here is that Rose Montoya. Conservatives are trying to use the video of me topless at the White House. As always, to uh, a voice deeper than mine. The community groomers etc. And I would just like to say that, first of all, going topless in Washington, D.C. is legal. And I oh, fully support the, the White movement House. in freeing yeah. the nipple because why is my chest now deemed inappropriate or illegal when I show it off? However, before coming out as trans, it was not. All you're doing is affirming that I am a woman. No, all we are doing is affirming that breasts that look like breasts look like breasts. That is not the same thing as affirming you are a woman. You have a d- and balls, dude. So there's that. Um, also, you have all Y chromosomes, like XY chromosomes in every cell in your body. So no, it's not affirming you're a woman. And by the way, if, if you thought that there was no difference, you wouldn't have gotten a surgery to put fake breast tissue in you, would you? You had a bunch of surgeries to look like a woman. So clearly you think there was a difference. In any case, what was the result of all this? So the White House finally came out and condemned the trans model. So the White House yesterday said that this was bad. It was bad. The White House put out a statement in which uh, in which they said, the behavior is inappropriate and disrespectful for any event at the White House. 
It is not reflective of the event we hosted to celebrate LGBTQI plus minus divided by sign families or the other hundreds of guests who were in attendance. Individuals in the video will not be invited to future events. Ah, the censorship. Ah, the oppression. Ah. So Karine Jean-Pierre was asked about this yesterday and she said she was so offended. Oh man, she was so offended as a, as a black lesbian woman of color who's in her job because of her amazing black lesbianness. Um, she, uh, she was deeply, she was so deeply offended on behalf of all the LGBTQI plus divided by sign White House. She's so offended. Mm -hmm. Is there going to be a greater effort in the future to communicate a code of conduct for White House guests? Look, we've, as you mentioned, the statement, uh, that we put out, you heard from us earlier today, uh, the, the behavior was simply unacceptable. Uh, we've been very clear about that. It was unfair to the hundreds of attendees who were there to celebrate their families. Uh, so, you know, we're going to continue to be clear on that. And uh, that type of behavior is, uh, as I said, unacceptable. It's not appropriate. It's disrespectful. And let's not, uh, it, it really does not reflect the event that we hosted uh, to celebrate the LGBTQ plus families. Okay, so here's the thing. We do not believe you. We think you are lying. And the reason we think you are lying is because you are lying. I will explain to you how I know that these people are lying momentarily. First, let's talk about something you can do for your family. Okay, so my parents a while ago, in their garage, they had a bunch of old film reels. They had a bunch of old VHS tapes. And those things are just sitting there moldering. So what I do, I went to my friends over at Legacy Box. I got a Legacy Box. I loaded up the Legacy Box with all that stuff. I sent it in. It's now back and digitized. So my parents can make copies of it. They can distribute it. They can get it to the kids. It's amazing to uncover and unlock all of those old family memories. That's what Legacy Box does. I'm doing it for my in-laws right now as well. Legacy Box has helped my dad preserve and relive some of his most treasured memories. Using their all-in-one kit, we sent in his old tapes and film. Their team of experts digitized them by hand with the utmost care and attention in just a few short weeks. He got back the originals along with beautifully crafted digital copies he can easily share with family and friends. And again, it's incredible to be able to unlock all of those old memories that were hidden on versions of film that you, you literally could not watch. If you're like me, you want to keep your memories alive, I highly recommend Legacy Box makes an amazing Father's Day gift. Legacy Box is offering my listeners an incredible $9 tape offer that's over 60% off. It's an exclusive offer for my listeners. Visit LegacyBox.com slash Shapiro. Shop $9 tape and film transfers. There's a limited quantity available and they are selling fast. That is LegacyBox.com slash Shapiro. Also, if you're looking for something interesting to watch this weekend, check out our series, What We Saw, hosted by storyteller Bill Whittle. Season one focused on Apollo 11. Season two of what we saw is about the origins and key events of the Cold War. Look into the Berlin blockade, the Korean War, the death of Joseph Stalin, the Cuban Missile Crisis, Vietnam War, Watergate, and the ultimate resolution of the Cold War under Ronald Reagan. Don't just read about history, live it. Bill makes you feel like you're there witnessing history. All episodes of Cold War are now available to stream. You have to be a Daily Wire Plus member to see it. Head on over to dailywire.com slash Cold War to start watching. Okay, meanwhile. So there's some people out there who are saying, listen, the White House is finally condemning this stuff. They're walking it back. No, I don't believe them. They are liars. How do I know that they are liars? The reason I know they're liars is because this is the lie that we've been told for several decades now, two generations of lies. The lie was, we just want our privacy. We just want to be in the privacy of our bedrooms and do what we want and live the life. Bullshit. It's not true. What they actually want is to supplant an entire system of morality with a new system of morality that prizes perversity. This is part and parcel of the entire shtick. Hey, the reason I say that is because the same administration that is saying that it is beyond reason and we cannot have this trans woman jiggling his breasts at the White House. No, it's too, no, disgracing the families. These are the same people who say that it is requisite. It is dignity and morality for you to expose your three-year-old to a man dressed as a woman jiggling his crotch in the face of your child. And that if you refuse to do so, this makes you intolerant and bad. The same people who are saying that it is just beyond thought 
to have a, a man jiggle his fake boobs at the White House. This same administration is telling you that if you refuse to cut the genitals off your child, this makes you a child abuser. This same administration is saying that we can't, we can't have a man jiggling his fake breasts on his TikTok at the White House lawn. No, we can't do that. But we have to regender queer to your, three, to your third grader. Must. We must. So I don't believe you. I think you just got embarrassed because people saw what you're doing. And when people do these egregious things with your approval, because it was with your approval, let's face it, these people, that was a lineup of people bare-chested on the White House lawn in that video. That stuff doesn't happen by accident. It's not as though there were, you're on the White House lawn. You're telling me that there's no one there to actually enforce the rules. My favorite part of the question that was asked to Corinne Jean-Pierre is, will you guys actually you know, have a new set of rules? I mean, a new set of rules. I think it was a bare-bones expectation that you don't jiggle around your chest at the White House until five minutes ago. But no one knew that that was the rule. Why would they not think that was the rule? Because why would they think that was the rule? Your entire version of morality is that personal authenticity and sexual identity is literally the only measure of decency. The only thing that means anything in life is personal authenticity in who you want to screw and how you identify gender-wise. It's the only thing about you that's important, according to this White House. Literally the only important thing. Maybe race. Maybe those two things. Otherwise, there's nothing important about you. Your religion is not important. In fact, it makes you kind of a bigot. How you behave with your family, completely arbitrary. So why would anyone think that that was inappropriate at the White House? Can't blame Rose Montoya for doing what he did. Rose Montoya is like, yeah, this is what I do. I mean, this is, did they not know who I was when they, you know, issued the invite? Again, I don't believe you. This is the same administration that literally yesterday put out a, they put out a video on the White House, on the White House Twitter saying that your kids are their kids. Your kids are their kids. Here's the White House's video. These are our kids. These are our neighbors. Not somebody else's kids. They're all our kids. And our children are the kite strings that hold our national ambitions aloft. It matters a great deal how we treat everyone in this country. The LGBTQ Americans, especially children, you're loved, you're heard, and this administration has your back. They're all our kids. They're all our kids. Your kids are their kids, folks. Your kids are their kids. So do I believe them that they're very, very outraged about this man jiggling his fake at the White House? Do I think that they, do I think that they, are, they are very, very upset? Oh, no, you've shamed us all. First of all, go to a gay pride parade for five seconds and recognize that what this dude did falls in the G-rated portion. There's that. And then you've decided that children should go to those things. It is, it is an element of personal freedom and authenticity for children to attend those things. This is literally the same administration where yesterday the HHS secretary, the Health and Human Services Secretary, Xavier Becerra, says the Biden administration withhold money from states that ban gender mutilation of children. They will withhold money. If you're a state that says you can't cut the penis off a boy because he believes that he is a girl, this administration will withhold federal money from you but yeah, they're very embarrassed. They're very, very embarrassed, I'm sure. Oh, my. Oh, just shameful. This spring, HHS released a 112-page report claiming that gender affirmation, including social transition, changing one's name, pronoun, and or appearance, is appropriate and beneficial for gender minority children and adolescents, according to this report. The, the report recommends cutting federal funds from states with, quote, policies that stigmatize transgender children, including by denying them access to medically necessary health care, end quote. Mr. Secretary, is, does this mean that HHS is seriously threatening to withhold hospital grants from states like my own if they refuse to go along with surgeries or, or puberty blockers for kids? 
Congressman, we're going to protect the rights of any American to get the health care they're entitled to. And if someone tries to stop them from that, that's a violation of the law. So you would withhold hospital grants from states like mine that ban transgender sex reassignment surgeries for minors. I mean, that, that's what the report says, we clearly. Will, we will protect the rights of any individual to receive the health care they're entitled to. They're liars. They're liars. Yeah, they're, I'm sure they're very embarrassed by the by the quasi-pornography at the White House. Yes, this, this is what embarrasses them. They're not capable of embarrassment. Are you kidding me? They're just embarrassed they got caught. That's all. It's just when the mask comes off and it turns out that what they were pushing for all along wasn't a gay partner looking for visitation rights at the hospital. What they were actually pushing for was reading gender queer to your seven-year-old. Then it turns out that they get upset. It turns out there's a, literally the same day all this is happening, Karine Jean-Pierre at the White House, she was asked a question about, you know, males competing against females because they're identifying as transgender women and then they're beating the hell out of women. And Karine Jean-Pierre says, it is dangerous to complain. You must be silenced. You must be shut up. So again, the position of this administration is that if you're a woman in a locker room, you have no right for a man not to thrust his dick in your face in the locker room, a la Riley Gaines and Leah Thomas. That, that You have no right. If you're a woman and you're in a locker room and Leah Thomas walks in fully erect, it is your, it is your duty to avert your eyes. But Rose Montoya jiggling his boobs at the White House is, is a crisis. Oh man, the sun's going to explode. I'm sure, that's, I'm sure that's what they're really thinking. They're not hypocrites and they're not liars. They're really honest about this. Here's Corinne Jean-Pierre telling you it's dangerous to even question this. What would the president say to parents out there who have daughters, uh, let's say in high school, for example, who are worried that their daughter may have to compete against a male or a person born male? And, they, and there could be a directly and physical athletic competition and worry about their daughter's safety. So look, uh, I'm... What you're alluding to is basically saying that transgender kids are dangerous. It sounds like that's what you're saying. Well, you're saying you're saying that their safety is at is in, is is at risk. Yeah, but you're 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 laying out a broad kind of broad example or explanation of what could potentially happening. A broad a broad example explanation that is dangerous. That is a dangerous thing to say. That essentially transgender kids we're talking about are dangerous and so that's something that i have to call out and that is that is that is that is irresponsible it's irresponsible to even question you must not question so, so do i think they were embarrassed no i don't think they were embarrassed i think that for a moment they got a bad headline and then they what well, the only thing that embarrasses them is that people finally realized what you guys are doing that's the only thing that embarrasses you and you know what it took for people to realize it this is the amazing thing our country is is so tolerant and so accepting now, you know what it took for people to realize that the actual agenda wasn't gay partners visiting each other in the hospital? It took you flying a giant pride progress flag from the White House while a man with fake boobs jiggled his bare tits at you. That's what it took for Americans to be like, oh, maybe we have a problem here. That's what it took. That's how blind Americans are to the things going around around them. And one of the reasons for that, by the way, is because all the stuff I'm talking about here, you literally cannot say on social media. Social media will ban you for saying it. You will be suspended for saying these things on social media. Silence must be enforced at the top levels. So do I think they have any level of shame or embarrassment at this? No, I think this is part of the agenda. This is not a bug. This is a feature. This is a thing that you are pushing forward. This is a man living his best life, and we should all emulate him. This is true bravery. I mean, I was informed by Joe Biden it was. These were the bravest people in America. He's never seen bravery like this. He spoke in military academy 11 days ago. He's never seen bravery like a man dressing as a woman and then wearing fake boobs. Never seen it, ever. But, uh, but sure, he's super embarrassed by it. So I don't believe you. I don't believe you. Okay, now. The reaction is beginning in the United States as well. It should, this is why I say 
If you're voting in the Republican primaries in 2024, the question you should be asking is, who can make an issue of this? Who will talk about this? Or are we going to talk about classified documents handling? This is the question you should be asking yourself. Because if you talk about what I'm talking about here, Republicans probably win in 2024. And if you talk about classified documents and Joe Biden goes back to sleep while eating oatmeal and watching Matlock, he probably wins in 2024. So it matters an awful lot who he chooses your nominee. Okay. Meanwhile, the pushback is beginning because as it turns out, most people can now see through the garbage being pushed by the White House, by the radical left, particularly on gender. And the left is upset that people are noticing. As always, this is the rule. It's face tattoo syndrome, but like writ huge. You say rainbow tattoo syndrome. What if we what if we just tattoo all of America with a giant rainbow? Then people notice and like, why are you even noticing? It's fine. Why Stop noticing. So controversy has now broken out over in Burlington, Vermont, because some high schoolers were not interested in wearing pride gear during pride month. This is unacceptable. You will wear the pride gear and you will love it. A rainbow boot stomping on a human face forever. These evil, evil high school students who refuse to abide by the immorality of their elders. Why won't they just accept and tolerate? Parents angry at town hall over intolerance at Marshall Simons Middle School. Kids were asked to wear rainbow mm. clothes in honor of Pride Spirit Day. But some organized a counter protest wearing red, white and blue or black. The principal sharing a statement to families that Pride posters were ripped down, stickers ripped up. Some students chanted USA are my pronouns and students <gasps> showing oh, no. Pride were intimidated. It was an unruly disruption in fact, that was organized ahead of time. While some parents were upset, others say it was overblown. Some of the kids threw the stickers on the ground. But, you know, I can only speak for my daughter. She just, she didn't want to wear that to school. It's not that she wanted to hurt anybody's feelings. She says her daughter felt coerced to participate in the Pride event and was offended by some of the messages, like this quote from Tennessee Williams. Human heart cannot be straight. It is curves and winds. And my daughter just kind of said, you know, Mom, that's... That's offensive to to me, who I am straight. Okay, well, again, it is compulsion. You will wear the rainbow gear or you will be silenced. Where's the rainbow and love it? Love it. Hey, the real issue here is why is the middle school requesting that everybody wear rainbow gear to the middle school? I wasn't aware that we have a national religion in this country. Maybe we do. But there's that quote from Tennessee Williams. What is straight? A line can be straight, but the human heart, oh no, it's curved like a road through mountains. See, everyone's gay. You understand, everyone is a member of the LGBTQ plus I divided by sign community, according to this middle school. See, what I love is that the only media coverage here is not sixth graders being told to wear rainbow gear. Sixth graders are like 12 year olds being told to wear rainbow gear to school to celebrate alternative sexual identities and activities. That's not the controversy. The controversy is some didn't do it. That's the controversy is some wore black and white and chanted USA are my pronouns. <gasps> oh no, we cannot allow that in a tolerant and diverse country. You will be forced to love the tolerance. You will. Well, maybe people have had enough of this. People are not interested in this anymore. One Middleborough teenager is now fighting back over in Boston. According to Boston.com, lawyers representing a seventh grade Middleborough student are asking that a court prevent the boy's school from enforcing a ban on two shirts he wore to classes earlier this year. The shirts in question bore the message, quote, there are only two genders and there are censored genders. because <laughs> You're not allowed to say there are only two genders. Liam Morrison, a student at Nichols Middle School, first decided to wear a shirt with there are only two genders written on it in March. Morrison was removed from his first class of the day and told that other students had complained about the shirt. Oh, no. So just to get this absolutely straight, if we're still allowed to use that word, if you wear a shirt to school that has the Pride Progress flag on it, then we give you a medal and maybe a scholarship to Brown and an endless supply of chocolate bars from Willy Wonka's factory. But 
if you wear a shirt that says there are only two genders, we ask you to take off the shirt or we expel you. But don't worry, there is no establishment of religion in America's public schools. Morrison refused to take off the shirt. He was sent home for the day. Amazing, amazing. Again, the fact that that what the controversy was that he was forced to take off the shirt, that the controversy wasn't that, you know, kids are wearing this kind of crap to school in the first place is uh, an amazing statement on how the American people went to sleep and only now are beginning to wake up. By the way, when they wake up, the the traditional American idea that male, female, child is the basis of all society, that traditional idea, when you wake that sleeping giant, it will be really, really ugly. Bud Light is finding that out the hard way. Bud Light lost its title this week as the top-selling U.S. beer. Modelo overtook the brand as the top-selling U.S. beer in May, punctuating a month-long boycott of Bud Light that has reshuffled the beer industry. Bud Light sales have tanked since April. That is when Dylan Mulvaney, a man cosplaying as a woman, posted an image on Instagram of a personalized Bud Light can the brand sent her as a gift. Him as a gift. The her is from the Wall Street Journal. The Instagram post that sparked an uproar and Anheuser-Busch's response to the boycott angered even more people. Bud Light sales dropped about 24% in the week ended June 3rd compared with the same week last year. Other Anheuser-Busch brands have also taken a hit, including Budweiser and Michelob Ultra. The continued decline through May is an ominous sign for Bud Light distributors for what they say is a make-or-break stretch between Memorial Day and the 4th of July. It's, it's, it's not going away, guys. You can think it's going away. It ain't. And I'll tell you the reason it's not going away. You destroyed your brand. You can't recover from that. Once your brand is innately linked with the idea that you are in favor of, of transgenderism and you are a beer brand geared toward lower-class white people, <laughs> good luck to you, my friends. Just amazing, amazing stuff. So yes, it turns out that um, it turns out that people are not particularly happy with this kind of garbage. That they are very, very unhappy with this kind of garbage, as it turns out, and that this will be felt over the course of the next few years if Republicans can take advantage of it, and if Republicans decide not to be stupid and talk about other topics. That would be the big issue. Okay. Meanwhile, again, the Biden Harris White House—they are vulnerable on a score of topics. One of those topics, inflation. So yesterday, the new inflation stats came out. And um, the new inflation stats, again, this is year over year, clocked in about 4%. So the White House immediately put out a tweet, quote, great news. Today's inflation report shows annual inflation is now at the lowest level since March 2021 and less than half of what it was last June. This is giving families real breathing room. Uh, no, it's not. No, it's not. So uh, they then tweeted out a, a graphic it says inflation has fallen by more than half since last summer. The problem is that they, uh, they made a mistake. They put the dates going all the way back to July 2020 on the inflation rate in the United States. And uh, so we added in a helpful little hint here where Joe Biden took office. Do you see where Joe Biden took office? The red arrow. Do you see what happened to inflation after Joe Biden took office? Oh, oh, look at that. Went up to 9% and now it's back down to four. But you know where it's supposed to be is between one and two. So it's still twice what it normally would be. By the way, when we talk about the rate of inflation, we don't mean that the prices have come down. We mean the rate of the prices going up has gone down, meaning it was going up at a rate of 5% last month. Now it's going up at a rate of 4%. So it's still going up. So yeah, do you feel the breathing room? No one feels the breathing room. This administration, again, they have a lot of vulnerabilities, a lot of vulnerabilities. This is an administration that is still pushing COVID nonsense. Rochelle Walensky, head of the CDC, she was asked about the science on masking children and, uh, and she was like, I run a science-based agency. No one believes you. Did uh, political pressure ever impact your CDC guidance on your public statements about the COVID-19? Did you ever feel like you were making statements based on political pressure rather than the science that was available? I run a science-based agency. I'm a scientist. And the statements that I made are defended by the science. 
Oh, yeah, that's, that's what they've done all along. It's just the science. Kevin Kiley, Republican congressperson from California, asked Xavier Becerra, the head of HHS, about the science. said, did it help to mask two-year-olds? And Becerra's like, we didn't tell people to mask two-year-olds. Like, oh, yeah, you did. They're like, well, no, we didn't. It's like, well, yeah, you, you did, though. We, we provide a mask mandate, a requirement for jurisdictions that wish to receive money to provide particular services. So Head Start did have a mask mandate for kids, yes? We, we had a mask mandate for uh, jurisdiction, um, excuse me, for agencies that wish to get federal dollars. So that's a yes. So services. can you point to any benefit, a yes to any public question. health benefit from that policy, whether it was recommended or enforced or forced, of requiring young children to wear masks? Did families benefit from the policy of using all protection, all precautions to avoid? Uh, no, I'm not asking you to COVID? rephrase yes. my question as some abstract question that you'd rather answer. I'm asking that you, as the person who's the Secretary of Health and Human Services, right now, can you point to any evidence that there was a public health benefit to forcing young children to wear masks? Well, the fact that uh, today we are not losing lives the way we lost them when we first got into this pandemic. And you think that's is because we forced two year olds to wear masks? Yeah, um, he, the answer is yes. He, he thinks that, but that's because they're stupid. Again, the vulnerabilities for the Biden administration are endless. Will Republicans make the most of that or will they not? Okay, time for a quick thing I like and then a quick thing that I dislike strongly. Okay, time for the thing I like. So the thing that I like today is there are going to have to be some gatekeepers in the church community. One of the great stories of the last 50 years is the decline of church in the United States and abroad. One of the reasons for that is because churches decided to make their peace with social leftism. They decided that it was really important to give ground to the social left because that way they could keep the pews full. What they failed to understand is the entire draw of churches saying, here's an eternal value, and we are going to continue promoting this eternal value even in, even in the face of the vicissitudes of social and political movements who hate our guts. We're going to stick with our guns because what we have to say is true. And a bunch of churches, synagogues, even some mosques, Many of these places decided, no, no, no. What we have to do is we have to make we have to make some sort of concessions to the social liberal movement, and that will then people will keep coming to church. What they neglected is that the closer they came to social liberalism, the more people were like, "Why am I even going to church? You know what I could do on a Sunday morning is stay home and watch football and not go to church. You know what's really boring? Church. You know what's uncomfortable? Church pews. You know what's bad? Church music. You know what I could do? Go somewhere else." And so all these churches who have gone back to traditionalism are doing really well. Traditionalist Catholic churches are filling the pews. Orthodox Jewish synagogues are filling the seats. So more religions going back to, you know, traditional ways of life and rejecting the conciliation with left-wing social movements, that's a good thing. So according to the New York Times, a bad thing, of course. So they're very upset because Southern Baptists are moving to purge churches with female pastors. Now, it's been a long-standing thing in a lot of mainstream religions that, that positions of Religious authority in communities, like rabbis, for example, or priests or pastors, these are supposed to be male positions. And the reason for that is because males are generally more extroverted. Males are generally people who are capable of taking an enormous amount of flack, right? There are differences between males and females, and those are reflected in biblical views of the roles of males and females. Doesn't mean that women don't have the capacity for leadership. Obviously, they do. I mean, if you go back to the biblical story of Deborah, right? Deborah actually leads the Jews in battle. If you go back to the ancient Bible, Miriam is a leader in the in the in the Old Testament. And so there are certainly female leaders who have leadership capacity, but the general rule of religion has been that the pastor or priest or rabbi of a community will be male. And there are reasons for that that are deeply ingrained, not only in, quote unquote, the patriarchy, but in the differences on a general level between men and women. But this is unacceptable in the modern era. And so churches who have decided to conciliate, those are the ones that are emptying out. Well, the Southern Baptists are like, we're not going to do this anymore. According to the New York Times, Convention officials decided to expel a church that had appointed a, a female pastor 
along with four other congregations that have female pastors, including one of the most prominent in the country, Saddleback Church, based in Southern California. The right wing of the Southern Baptist, the largest Protestant denomination in America, is now cracking down on what it sees as dangerous liberal drift. Most people in the denomination have long believed the office of head pastor should be reserved for men. But an ultra-conservative faction with a loud online presence is going further, pressing for ideological purity and arguing that female pastors are a precursor to acceptance of homosexuality and sexual immorality. Now, that would seem like a far-fetched argument, except for the fact that uh, it is not. That typically, religious denominations that move significantly to the left on small things tend to move significantly to the left on the big things as well. If religions, you know, want to have any sort of lasting durability, they're going to have to stick to with the uh, stick with the one that brought them. Alrighty, time for a quick thing that I hate. Don't worry, they're not they're not coming after the kids. They're just using Sesame Street to come after the kids. So Sesame Street was always a left leaning show. I mean, the creators of the show meant for it to be that way. I talked to many of the creators of the show, and I wrote the book Primetime Propaganda back in 2014. Well, now Sesame Street is going full pride for Pride Month. According to LGBTQ, plus minus divided by nation.com, Sesame Street, the long-running children's show, has been celebrating pride all month long. It's the most heartwarming thing you'll see. This, it's so heartwarming. So they put out a tweet saying, this Pride Month, let's, ex- let's celebrate diversity and unity and spread love and acceptance. Together, we can make the world a kinder place for all rainbow hearts. And then it's uh, various characters, colorful hands holding one another. Oh, isn't that, isn't that nice? So um, now explain homosexuality to the children. Sesame Street. Oh, that's awkward. You mean it's not appropriate for children? Yeah, I, I yes, that's that's correct. Again, Sesame Street has been doing this kind of nonsense for years. They had on Billy Porter, you will remember, in Outrageous Garb. They had on Little Mass X, who's most famous uh, for trying to have sex with actual Satan in one of his music videos. Sesame Street, again, they, they, they actually put out a tweet saying, on our street, we celebrate inclusion, belonging, and freedom of authentic self-expression. Happy Pride Month to all the people in our neighborhoods. And then it's a picture of the Pride Progress flag on Sesame Street. Uh, they did not show Bernie and, uh, they, they did not show Bert and Ernie in assless chaps in the Sesame Street Pride Parade. But presumably that will be the next step over at Sesame Street. Because it's very important that children be indoctrinated into this sort of stuff. The kids content is coming. I know you're asking. Yes, Daily Wire Plus kid content is coming. And not a moment too soon. All right, you guys, the rest of the show continues right now. You're not going to want to miss it. We'll be joined on the line by former vice president and current presidential candidate Mike Pence. If you're not a member, become a member. Use code Shapiro at checkout for two months free on all annual plans. Click the link in the description and join us. We'll get to more on this in just one second. First, Pure Talk believes in American values and that free should mean, you know, like free. So when you switch to Pure Talk today, you'll get a free Samsung 5G smartphone. There's no four-line requirement, no activation fee, just a free Samsung that's built to last with a rugged screen, quick charging battery, and top-tier data security. Qualifying plans start at just 35 bucks a month for unlimited talk, text, 15 gigs of data, and a mobile hotspot. Pure Talk gives you phenomenal coverage on America's most dependable 5G network. It's the same coverage you know and love, but for half the price of the other guys. The average family saves almost $1,000 a year. So, I challenge you to choose a company that actually doesn't hate your guts and shares your values. Let Pure Talk's expert U.S. customer service team help you make the switch today. Go to puretalk.com slash Shapiro to claim your eligibility for your free brand new Samsung 5G smartphone and start saving on wireless today. Again, go to puretalk.com slash Shapiro to switch to my cell phone company. I've been using them for years. They're fantastic. You'll love them as well. Go to puretalk.com slash Shapiro and claim your eligibility on that free brand new Samsung 5G smartphone. Start saving. 